This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hello, this is Kathy Worthington. Welcome to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today, our guest is Rachel Oz, a psychologist, illustrated self-help author, art playgroundist, and clothing ambassador. And I'm Mary Elkins. Rachel is releasing a new book in November 2022, and it will be available for pre-order before. And it's called The Relationship Book, A Soulful, Transformational, and Artistic Inventory of Your Connective Life. Welcome, Rachel. Glad to have you. Oh, I am glad to be had. (laughs) We always like to hear from our guests the roots of their careers. What started you on the multiple paths you're on now? Did you have mentors, people who inspired you? Yeah. Uh, What I would say is that I got started on this path as a little girl that these are all the things, these were all the clues about who I was from the very beginning. I loved to have time being with my friends and listening. I grew up with people saying, oh, you're such a good listener, or people confiding in me regularly, you know, leading to being a psychologist. Mm. Um, And when I was young, I loved writing creatively. Uh, And then I also loved drawing and colors. When I was in sixth grade, I had almost like wallpaper, piece of paper after piece of paper of drawings with rainbows and colors that I did all over my walls. So I feel like as an adult, I'm now 56 years old, but kind of in my 40s forward, I began sort of reintegrating who I knew I was from the very beginning. That's very special because a lot of people don't get around to that. Never. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Very few people. They know they were somebody else. Where their lives are going to go. That's right. And you can you can trace all yours to your childhood, huh? I can. Like the little girl knew that and for people listening, that it's it's a fruitful Um, and meaningful reflection about what did I know then Hmm. about me? Everything, right? Everything, everything. And so there's a piece of, I believe me as a child and as a whole being. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Were your parents that way? Um, I... I wouldn't, I would say not necessarily, (laughs) right? Because it's, where does it come from, right? Yeah. Somewhere along the line, did you have a teacher or a mentor that said, you're on the right path, just keep doing it? 
or maybe in I, school for psychology? I think it was, I think it was like in little ways, you know, as I was saying, like about the psychology, I think it was my, just living it out in, in my day-to-day -day life where my friends were coming to me and confiding in me and saying I was a good listener and also feeling alive, like feeling drawn. A lot of people feel sort of repelled by pain, like, ooh, she's got stuff going on. I'm going to keep some distance. And I, with boundaries, of course, I feel really drawn in to vulnerability. Hmm. And people feel generally pretty safe with me. So my life was showing me that. I think that also um, there'd be all kinds of things, whether it be, um, well, my, my mom was really good about signing me up for acting classes and writing classes and different things like that but I was expressing interest in those things. And so, um, you know, just there's a lot of different things reinforcing it, but I would say the ultimate reinforcer and mentor has been my joy. Hmm. Huh. Okay. I have so not that, heard of that as a mentor. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think I've ever claimed that before until now with you, Kathy and Mary. Oh, good. Um, but just that sense of, all right, if this makes me feel alive and brings me joy, this is something to further embody and follow and build on. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, okay, I've been wanting to ask this question since Kathy began our introduction to you. What is an art playgroundist? <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, so it's Rachel's made up word, first of all. And um, it's because when I create art, I, oh, it goes back to being a kid. So when I create art, it feels like I'm a child again on the playground at recess with my friends on the swings or running or just that free to be you and me. So I access that. Mm -hmm. So... Does the art ever combine with the playground in reality? Or in is a reality, feel, it's a feeling in your it's a feel in your head when you're doing your art. Yeah, it's it's how it feels to me in my heart. Um, it accesses the same feeling that I felt when on the playground. I see. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about your books and the newest one you are releasing? Yes, I would love to. So I have four illustrated books. So they're full of my colorful illustrations. And they are all in the genre of personal growth, self-help gift books. So people sometimes buy them for themselves, sometimes buy them um, for their loved ones. I've even been told sometimes they buy two for themselves because for people who like doing art collaging and journaling, um, things like that, they like to sometimes take my book and cut things out um, to have one to play with that way um, hmm. for their own personal journaling and so on. So they, um, my very first book that I did was called All I Did Was Listen. Ooh. And the layout of, of it each page spread includes uh an anonymous therapy client quote that somehow took my breath away over the years 
coupled with my written reflection and my illustration. And strung together in that book, it tells a story of transformation. That's all of our transformations, the process we go through. It's very affirming. This book, I'm told, often lands on people's bedside table. Hmm. You know, it feels very personal to them. Um, and really, all of my books are very just loving people up, affirming people's worth. They're a little bit um, prosy. You know, I could I could even read. Um, I could. Oh, shoot. I don't. Ha- oh, maybe I do have the books. Maybe what I'll do is I will read a, a short blip from my newest. Maybe that would be the thing to do. OK, that would sounds be great. great. Okay, so the newest one, um, as you had shared the name, um, and I'll just say the name and not go into the subtitle again, the relationship book. And um, let's see which page to read. That is the question, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I know, I know. Okay, so in this book, there, there's all kinds of chapters of different kinds of relationships we have. So there's the first chapter is relationship with myself. Right. Because, of course, if I don't tend to the relationship with me, right, it's going to be hard to be able to give wholeheartedly and with the healthy boundaries and with joy to the other relationships in my life. So um, and then the other chapters are things like relationship with clothes, relationship with food, relationship with animals, with humans, with community, with divinity. Okay, but I'm going to read a page from relationship with myself. Okay. All right. And so this book also has that same format of anonymous client quotes, my reflection and my drawings. So here we go. Anonymous quote. I've named the nervous part of myself, the purple guy, Hmm. and I'm working on hearing him and being good to him. My reflection. I open my cape and a cast of characters flocks forward, each Emmy awarded and deep heart applauded. There is the purple guy who's always nervous, Gladys, who always feels she must put on a glad face, and Candy, who invariably asks for more candy. There are many others with hands waving excitedly in the air, waiting for their day to be chosen, named, and brought into the fold. There are the parts of me who I laugh with and lounge with, cry with and hold, rest with and wrestle with, reconcile with and release and do it all over again. Seeing them outside of me gives me a new way to introduce myself to myself. I then seem to show up with better manners, treating myself with more care. At the close of the day, I tuck them in and whisper sweet dreams and tell them I'll see them again in the morning. Oh, (laughs) I love that. Oh, thank what you. What fun. That's delightful. Oh, that's, it's, it absolutely is. I can see why people put it on their bedstands. Right. Well, this one isn't on anybody's bedstands yet. So Not we'll see. Yet. We, we just scooped it. We, we just scooped it. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. Well, oh, let's let's talk a little bit about your work as a psychologist. What's it like? Yes, yes. Um, I love my work, and I've been doing it for 29 years, and it's been interesting also during the pandemic and how that's kind of affected things as well. So I've always seen my clients in person, and, and then the pandemic happened, and it all switched to online, and thank goodness we have technology. And now, now I'm doing a blend. Some, some people have stayed with the online because it's handy, you know, and, um, but anyway, I have a mix, but I, um, as a psychologist, I have, I see mostly adults, a a couple teens and working with different things like, um, depression and anxiety, self-esteem, grief, relationship things, you know, just a number of, um, things that, you know, just loneliness is sometimes there. Um, but the vulnerabilities that we collectively hold, and of course, desire and long for having support. And yeah, but I'll tell you what, I, I love um, meeting people in these beautiful places. And I'm, I'm very purposefully saying beautiful places because when what I find is that when people dig into their suffering in earnest ways and with their whole heart, that this is where so much wisdom is born, where they teach me and I learn over and over about how beauty exists in those deep, unexpected places. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Is there anything you can say to our listeners if they do have some dealings with depression or anxiety or self-esteem problems? Yes. Well, um, I mean, there'd be so many things to say. I have, you know, should we do a slumber party? Because I think that there'd be so many things to say. So this is is, uh, to the listeners. Well, all of this is to the listeners. Um, this is but a little sampler because as listeners, you deserve the whole book. I I mean, I don't mean my book, but including my book, I suppose, um, of all the wisdom about this, um, about self-esteem, I would say if there's ways in which your self-esteem is lower, you find yourself with your self-talk saying, not believing in yourself or putting yourself down um that that somewhere along the lines the ways you've been hurt has contributed to that lower self-esteem but it doesn't mean it's the truth of you so just because maybe someone or some people haven't treated you with the utmost respect and honor and seeing um how incredible you are does not mean you're not incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact if some people haven't treated you as if you have great worth doesn't mean you don't have great worth. Um, and so if your self-esteem is lower, it just means that's an invitation 
into looking at what's actually the beautiful truth of you. And if you need the help of a counselor or a coach or some support people in your life to help unearth a true reflection of you that's loving and kind, um, I would encourage you to get that support. Um, as well as about depression, when it, then then about depression and anxiety, um, what would be something to say about that? Of course, everything I just said would apply there as well. Yeah. Um, but I would say about depression and anxiety that maybe to notice okay, here's, here's the thing. I had to sort of be quiet to think about what would be something to say. Um, I want to just speak to the power of gratitude. Mm-hmm. That research shows that if you can cultivate a gratitude pra- practice, so whether when I say practice, I mean whether it's, okay, once a day, you just write down three things you were grateful for in the day. Um, that would be an example of a gratitude practice. Hmm. Um, uh-huh. And if you do some kind of gratitude practice regularly, research shows those people tend to be happier um, because we can't always make ourselves happy, right? Like, but uh-huh. you can be grateful. Yes. Um, this is a grossly short, um, ad- like this is me grossly, um, way too shortly addressing depression and anxiety. It's just me giving a little nugget. That's yes, that's perfect. Okay, yeah. thank you. And you're welcome. Let's switch subject for a minute and tell us about being a clothing ambassador. Do oh. you enjoy that? And how did that get started? And tell us all about it. Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. It's so much fun. I'm going to start with the word fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's clothing for me, and it's, I know it's different for every single person. Clothing for me is, a, is part of my creative expression. It's part of, for me, it, it's, I equate it a bit with art. Um, so for me, being who I am, it's important to me that my clothing is comfortable and that my clothing is mostly colorful and brings me joy. Okay. So in my art and in my books, I um, have really enjoyed over the last number of years dressing my girls in the illustrations, very colorfully and fun. And especially in my most new book, it's very, uh, I went more into my youth and did more sort of 70s hippie style clothing. Um, And... What I have, what interestingly happened is I, as I was dressing my girls in my art and women in my art, I, it began influencing me and how I was dressing me mm-hmm. and vice versa. As I would then dress me, I, it started to show up in my art. Well, at one point a few years ago, I took a trip out to New York. And two different people said, when you go to New York, you're going to have to check out this store, Gudrun Sodi, and you're going to just die. You're going to love it so much. 
And so I walked into that store and it looked like my illustrations had come to life. Like there was the clothing manifested in the store. And I, in that first time in the store, I was in that store for two hours and fell in love with the staff. And by the end of the time, I was standing in a circle on the floor in the store with the staff, tears coming down my face because I just fell in love with them. And um, one of the staff had given me the dress offer back as a gift. And, um, and they had asked me to be an ambassador for the store, meaning I could have free clothes. Would I share them online over time you know, in the outfits? And I said, I would do this anyway. I love your clothes. This is so great. And it's so authentic mm-hmm. with what I've been drawing. And it just all seemed to make sense. And then recently-ish in the last year, a second clothing brand named Magnolia Pearl um, have, I've begun working with them a little bit as well. So it feels so playful and fun. And I hope you had a copy of some of your illustrations in your purse that day to whip it out and go, look what I've, I've been drawing your clothes before you had them. Right? Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. It would have been great. It would have been great. I was in, I happened to be in New York for a book signing. And so a number of the staff actually came to that while I was there. Um, it just was all, yeah, it just was all flowing and meant to be. Sounds so yeah. fun. Well, yeah. today, um, our listeners can't see you, but you're dressed in full color. Um, um, Rachel's wearing magenta and blue and red with turqu- turquoise and oh, and what would you call that, Rachel? I don't know. Um, well, th- this happens a- to be a crocheted dress. I did not crochet it, but um, mm. which is not those brands I was telling you about, even though I'm usually wearing them. But um, <laughs> This was just from an artist who crocheted it. So it's just really all these bright multicolors. It's a it's a rainbow. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you you were saying that you dress to really well yeah, illustrate enjoy. yourself. Yeah. And how did you get comfortable with being yourself? That's a great question, Mary. Can I tell you and all the listeners? It happened in little ways initially. Well, I did it when I was little. Again, back to being little and so wise and knowing, you know. Um, but at some point, um, in my as a psychologist, I remember thinking, I'm kind of bored with my paper calendar that just, quote, looks professional. It's just sort of this black book paper calendar, you know, that I put my appointments in. And I thought... You know, I was in a Barnes and Noble or something, and I saw, I don't know if you all know Mary Inglebright, her drawings, but she's just colorful and playful and does these little sweet, well, she, there was a Mary Inglebright weekly calendar, and Mm -hmm. I thought, can I use that to schedule clients, you know, will it not look professional? And I, but it made me happy to look at it, and I thought, well, I'm just going to take the leap and do it anyway. And of course, oh, my clients just thought, oh, that's wonderful. And then it kept happening in little ways. I was in the old Dayton's department store and I was trying on new eyeglass frames and the purple and green fl- frames when I look at my face in the mirror. Because, you know, you look in, your, in the mirror real close, like how do these look on my face? Um, yeah. 
I couldn't stop giggling in the mirror when I'd put those on. Then I'd take them off and try another pair. Okay, those work. And then I'd put the (laughs) green, purple ones on again. Then I'd start giggling again. And then I realized (laughs) I will not argue with my joy. Mm -hmm. I will let her save the day. And so I just kept making decisions like that. So it just over time snowballed. And now I just hardly think about it. It's just... Of course, these are my selections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the other day I put dot, you know, the candy dot called dots. Yes. Okay. I stuck, this is like making up the word art playgroundist. Well, I just made this up. I stuck little hair bobby pins into them <laughs> and then I stuck them into my hair buns. Oh, jeez. Just the dots, the colorful dots were sticking out. Did you have any birds coming down and trying to eat them? I went to an I went to an event that was just indoors. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask you if you could speak to us about maybe some helpful self care practices. Okay, sure. Oh my gosh, it's um, there are so many things to do and maybe I'll speak to a couple initially outside of the box ones that I also speak of in my newest book that's that's releasing the relationship book I think one um, some outside of the box things would be to create wild and beautiful experiences for yourself um, and maybe, you know, we can all brainstorm those and it's going to be unique depending on who you are, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but like take, give yourself a hot balloon air ride, you know, uh, and, um, go to the zoo and talk to some of the animals, or if you're a person of prayer, pray to an elephant, right. Or, um, you know, just sort of brainstorming what are the things you could do that you, you would think of as wild and beautiful experiences. Um, and then other things, you know, maybe sometimes sign yourself up for weekly flowers for a time, right? Yeah. Um, right? Uh, okay, or because we all know and sometimes the very basics of self-care generally we all know them right like try to get good sleep eat eat nutritionally you know things like this exercise and move we all know those ones but often for many of us we, we can be inconsistent about those things so maybe more than anything it would be what if you put on your calendar quarterly or monthly or something like I'm going to have a check-in with myself about the basics of self-care and where I'm at with those things. And is there anything I would want to shift, you know, how could I really turn the radio dial up about loving myself in these ways? Yeah. Um, And then there's relational self-care, like, do I have the kind of support I that feels good to me, that my heart mm-hmm. needs? And is there any way I can build that in, whether it's if you have the ability to hire people, right? Uh, an occasional massage, or again, we could 
brainstorm a whole list of what we might all love. Yes. Um, right? Um, yes. So some of it can be hired if you if you want. Sometimes the relational piece can feel good, even in a simple way, especially, well, like, well, I want to be in some kind of place where there's others, but I don't always want to interact directly. So do I want to be in a library some of the time or a coffee shop or, and I know there's just the discernment around that with the pandemic and we're all doing the calls we need to to keep ourselves safe wherever those boundaries are you know for each one of us yeah um and i could keep brainstorming but those are just a few things about self-care at the top of my head they're wonderful and i just love the fact that creating wild and beautiful experiences for yourself that's just so exciting to hear that um, i'm going to change the subject for a second because i'm curious what famous figure do you think you're most like? Ah, okay. I would say Pippi Longstocking. Ah, oh, so would I. <laughs> and I've only I would just too. Met you. I I've would too. Just really? met you. She was one of my favorite characters when I was growing up. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Super love. Back yeah. to horses. Remember, she lifted a horse. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. off the ground. And I love horses. Yeah, that, that's a that is a wild and beautiful thing to do. It is a wild and beautiful. Don't try this. So, right. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. Right. Not very good self care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I will. What I want to see for the listeners, and I, what I'm going to share is, I am completely great and um, supported and. Um, all the things. Sometimes, sometimes what I realize when I'm talking about me and my life, because there's all these wonderful things, I want you all to know that this also comes, this is some, some of this is hard one, right? Like I, to not be fooled, like, well, Rachel's got it easy, or this just comes whatever. Like I've had to work hard to get to where I am. And so with like Pippi Longstocking, the story, which is delightful, she's also, where's her parents, right? She's like, her dad's away on the seas on a boat and don't know where her mom, like what happened to her mom? Like, so there's, there's some things there that's like, while there's all this wonderful stuff, you know? So what I want to say is that um, after age nine, my parents divorced and my dad wasn't around a lot. Like I got to see him a couple times a year. It's almost like he was out at sea and then I got to spend some time with him and I loved him lots as Pippi loved her dad a lot. I loved my dad a lot. He was really good to me, but he wasn't around enough. And so what I'm saying is there's, when I say Pippi, I mean it on the light level, the colorful level, the relational, she loved her friends level. Um, the artistic creative level and the hard one level of having to work really hard for everything and, and where I've gotten. Um, mm -hmm. And so Pippi Longstocking. I love that. What are some great ways for us to nurture our, our relationships? Oh, okay. Well, number one, to nurture your relationship with yourself which we've talked about, uh -huh. 
because as we do that, we inadvertently nurture our relationship with others, right? We have a fuller cup. We're a more whole person. We, you know, all the things. I think the second thing that I would say um, is taking the time to listen in our relationships, to really be curious and share questions with people, to, to lean in and give people luxurious listening. It's a really tremendous gift. And if you have a difficult time listening at length, it might mean that there's some needs in, in you that isn't being fully met. It could be because you have some anxiety and it's hard to be quiet and give that kind of space. And so, you know, having a meditation practice or, or taking time to walk or do things that you know is helpful to any kind of anxiety or restlessness might help you to listen, like to have more capacity for listening. Um, and also another thing in relationships that I think is a beautiful gift to offer is reflective listening. So when people share things with you, to take the time to say back what you hear. So if someone says, oh my gosh, I just had this super special thing happened, happen and it da 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 in some detail and then to say back to them oh my gosh i really hear how remarkable this was and how rare this is for you to have this kind of moment let's like pause and be here in this you know so reflecting back what you're hearing is a big gift giving mm. people giving people time checking in with them um especially when a friend is going through a hard time to not just check in once but to sort of, even if it's once a week or once a month, but to be that friend who shows up and checks in. Um, and also I would say about relationships to have healthy boundaries, to know, okay, with this relationship, I can share this much of me, but maybe not quite this much, or I need to spend X amount of time, but not more than that with this relationship, or, you know, boundaries are good. Those are a few things off the top. Those, Those are, are great. great. <laughs> Just great. Yeah. Um, as far as dressing up and feeling vibrant um, and, and feeling vibrant and alive the way you do, mm. can you give us some guidelines on that? Oh, oh, fun. Okay. I'm going to do it just loosely, a little bit poetically, hippie longstocky e. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this is off the top, you all. Um, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I would say about dressing colorfully, etc. Um, most important, here we go. Most importantly, be you. If you want to wear the socks with giraffes on it, do so. If you prefer the second sock to have zebras on it, wear, wear one of each. I would say always wear comfortable shoes um but you know let them bring you joy and honestly if black shoes is joyful for you then <laughs> definitely wear black shoes you know um and if drawing on your shoes or painting on your shoes is your jam get out your paintbrush get out 
uh, even something more simple if you want to get what are those even Crayola uh, markers that are um, stencils yeah stencils you can do there's some markers that don't like they're Sharpies. permanent Sharpies. Sharpies. Sharpies yeah get some of those that are permanent <laughs> and won't wash out okay um, I would say yeah draw on anything you want draw on your skirts anything um, I would say if you like things that are soft on your skin, make sure that they are soft. Go out of your way to make sure the texture feels good to you. Um, anything can be a necklace. You can put anything on a chain around your neck that delights you. A little doll, you know, um, ribbons, whatever you want. You can do the same in your hair. Anything can go in your hair if you want it to. Um, I would say that uh, mostly if a clothing item isn't a, a heck yes, it's a heck no. I agree um, with that. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and also if you want to, I'm all about also mixing patterns. So, it, you know, having uh, my shirt with stripes against my, you know, vest or something that is um, a checker pattern or a different pattern like sometimes mixing patterns can be really fun hmm. um and sometimes also working with different shades of the same color can be really fun too so like wearing an outfit with different kinds of pinks can be really fun or um okay those are just a few i i yeah. love it okay now can you give us a little lesson in what is our inner child and what are a few ways that we can care for our inner child? Mm. Our inner child is basically who we were as a child, but recognizing we still carry her with us. And sometimes in an affectionate way, um, sometimes it can be helpful to remember, did you have any nicknames you liked as a child? And did that you? Could be I, you know what? I um, I didn't have a lot. I had Rach or sometimes Rachie, which I, I like a lot. When I was young, my dad called me Rachie and Rach in particular. Um, and I've ha I've gotten more nicknames as an adult. Isn't that interesting? But as a child, that would probably be it. Um, although maybe I could think about that more. Um, but for some people, that can be a really great um, way to relate. And so I think that um, caring for the inner child is like just remembering her, like what is she needing? So, oh, so for example, um, one of the things I being Rachel or Pippi still, <laughs> still likes and as a way to care for my inner child, like I like, I don't have a lot, but I have a few stuffed animals I really like. I really like the Jelly Cat brand. <laughs> and um, and so I will sometimes at night, if I'm watching a TV show or something, not always, but every now and then, I'll hold one because my inner child likes that. And like, why, why, where did the rule ever develop that I can't do that anymore? I'm still fully grown up and mature and wise and I'm doing stuff all the time that's brave and courageous. Like, why can't I be all that? Why do I have to leave her behind? Yeah. Um, 
you know, or, oh, sometimes I like to still hear Disney music or watch a movie like that, or even um, whether it's animated or whether it's um, what would be, I feel like, um, I don't know. There's, there's also Disney kind of shows. that's a little more for adults too, that so yeah. I think there's things to watch that can touch your inner child. You can hold um, things from that you liked way back. Like, I don't know if you all remember Bonnie Bell lip smackers with like sweet, sweet smelling strawberry, like for chapstick, oh, yeah. things like that. Like, I think there's things you can access now with baby boomers, you know, where you can have things still on your little makeup with your makeup mirror. That's like, oh my gosh, I had that as a kid and I see that there and I just feel like I'm loving that part of me up and it feels really good. So those that's are just great. a few examples. I so yeah. like those examples because I'm a real uh, Disney animated movie aficionado and I watch Disney Plus a lot to just like make myself happy. Yes. Especially the new ones with the great music. Yes. Yes. I mean, exactly. I, I just find myself watching Encanto over and over because it's so amazing and it's so beautiful. That's and right. it does take you back to being it a little does. kid in the theater. Yeah. Yes, right on. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see Bambi again. Yeah. Oh, no, you won't. You'll cry your eyes out. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, but I loved it then. Here's a spoiler, yeah. but. Both of Bambi's parents get killed really early on. I know, on. I know. Oh. And that happens so often. Ooh, ooh Cassie. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> the spoiler. I know. So um, you, you're a very brave lady. So oh. give us some pointers about being brave and and mm. what would you say to our listeners? Mm. Okay, I would just uh, to pluck out a couple things. One is. Um, mm. Um, I had the great privilege twice of hearing the late Maya Angelou speak in person. Ooh. Mm. Um, and one of the things she said, one of the many things that really stayed with me is she said, of all the virtues we have courage is the most important one to lead with because without living out courage we can't access any of the other virtues mm. and i'll never forget that um and i also want to say like without taking risks and being courageous i don't think we can have much magic oh i love that uh-huh. And I, the, the, I guess the other thing I want to say about courage is sometimes when we feel afraid, the best thing we can do for ourselves is calm our body because a calm body can't be scared at the same time. Uh-huh. And so if, if you need to be courageous about something, do some just breath work. Just stop and just focus on your breathing and just look, you know, scan your muscle groups head to toe and see what needs, you know, attention and sort of tightening, calming and see about calming down the body. And once your body is more calmed and regulated, it's going to be more possible to take a courageous step. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that advice. Mm-hmm. And what would you like our listeners today to have as a takeaway? Oh, I want to say this. I feel moved in this moment that everything you face is an opportunity to love yourself more. Thank you so much, Rachel. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you again. Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Rachel Oz, psychologist, illustrated self-help author, art playgroundist, and clothing ambassador. Check out her website, racheloz.com. It has links for her online Etsy shop, where she sells her books and her art, her counseling services info, her free newsletter, her blog, her events calendar, and so much more. Thank you again, Rachel. Oh, you're welcome. And we want to remind our listeners to follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and at Late Boomers. And write to us at lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and let us know if anyone we are bringing on your po- on our podcast is inspiring you. We want to inspire and encourage all of you to live your best lives. Thanks again, Rachel. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business 
Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.